This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to the Clock End Talk, an Arsenal podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. You'll follow us at Clock End underscore Talk. I'm your host, Tez. You can get me at Guna Tez. And yes, that is right. We are now a Big Heads Media Podcast. Uh, each and every week, I'm joined, well, we, we will say each and every week because uh, it's been a weekly little show here at the moment, Tony. So um, we'll, we'll bring in Tony at Clock End underscore Talk. You can get Tony. How are you, buddy? Yeah, not bad, thanks. A bit restless and impatient, just want the season to start. I don't really buy too much into friendlies, so Shwin just asked me if I went yesterday and I didn't bother. And as everyone knows, I don't really miss games that are in England, but for me, friendlies don't count. I just want to get down to the, the real and proper business now. Fair call. Um, and Schwinn, yes, he is with us. How are we, Schwinn? You can get Schwinn at AFC Schwinn. Uh, very well. Glad to be back. And it seems like people are forgetting that I'm, I've been on the show for the last two, three shows, I think. So I've been getting grief for You missed, no literally missed the last one. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> I was on the last one, was, was I not? No. <laughs> He's a lying oh, okay. <laughs> well, some, well, you guys don't include me in your plans. You have a separate chat going on. And Hang you guys on. do your own shows. Hang on, this was your you idea. You fired. You have me fired from the show. And then you bring me back because you cannot find anyone else. And then you give me shit on air. It's incredible. Just, just for anyone listening, Schwinn messaged on Friday and said, should we do a podcast? And we said, leave it till Monday because it's after the games. He then messaged half hour ago saying, are we doing a podcast today? Despite the tweet that everyone would have seen 14 hours ago saying we were going to do it. And numerous messages since. He just doesn't, we're none of his concern. He just sees the pop up that there's a message from us and just deletes it. Swipes it away. He's like an ugly girl on Tinder to him. <laughs> He's unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, last show, I did sing out to a country. I, can't, I think it was Finland. This week, I'm going to sing out to Denmark because we have lots of listeners in Denmark. So welcome to you, good people, and thank you for listening. Um, Tony, I will touch on. We won't drag these games back too far. As you said, mate, they're friendlies. Uh, but you obviously caught the game yesterday, Leon. I struggled to watch it. I watched a highlights package today, but there was nothing in Australia, so I couldn't watch it live, even though I wanted to. So, um, Thoughts on that, mate? Yeah, we, we looked right at times. Um, it was interesting to see Aubameyang start on the right, but then Lacazette went off injured, so he went through the middle and Nelson came on, who looked very bright for probably the first time in a while. Um, obviously we were seeing criticism of it 
criticism of him when we was in America, not looking sharp enough and whatnot, but he looked good yesterday. Uh, Willock was very good again. I just I can't remember the last time he had a bad game for us. Um, yeah, I mean, look, obviously we, we lost 2-1, but I'm not going to read too much into the result. We got to see some players. Um, and we, we could have won easy. We were comfortably the better team, but that's what friendlies are for. They're to work things out, uh, try some players, try some different combinations, and the results are not the all-important important thing. Uh, he did try and play a, back, a high back line again, especially in the second half, which had me pulling my hair out. But again, if you if you might as well try it now because you don't want it to come first or second game of the season and start trying it and get caught out when it matters. He's, um, Emery's sounding very positive in his press conferences, actually. I've listened to a couple of them and, and he, you know, he's, he's very adamant that he's going to have this team ready for Newcastle, which uh, I don't remember seeing too much like like that last season in pre-season where he was so confident that, you know, I'm going to try these different things and, and I, I want the best team, uh, you know. I don't know whether he's just ticking the boxes as well, but he just seems a lot more calmer um, and preparing the team like the, I think we're going to be ready for Newcastle. I'm, I'm happy with everything that he's doing at the moment. Yeah, I mean, look, it's hard to tell. We still don't really know what shape, what formation. We don't know what players are going to be there, so it's it's hard to say. I mean, I think the joy he has this year is that he knows everyone. He knows all of the players, especially if the ones coming in have been his targets, or even if not, like Ceballos is obviously played most of his career in Spain, which is where Emery's been for most of his career, so he'll know him. Whereas last year, he probably had a lot of players come in that he didn't know too well. And then he had a whole squad. That obviously, he's seen them on TV and whatnot, but he hadn't actually worked with them day in, day out to, to see how they work. So I think he is in that he should be in a lot more comfortable position this year with there's nothing that's really new to him. Schwinn, uh, do you caught the highlights or did you catch the game, mate? I, I caught the game in bits. Uh, it was on in the background as I was doing some other things. But as Tony said, I think we played very well. We looked sharp. Um, back home in England after you know a short stint out, and uh, it looked like uh, you know for the majority of the first half at least we were in control, and it's only in the second half when they brought on some more of their you know uh, prime starters who who made a change. But for me, you know, despite all the good things that we're seeing, the defense still remains an issue with you know, Koscielny's situation with injuries and some uncertainties when it comes to Mustafi and. I mean, I don't even know what's going on with Tierney at the moment. But it, it's just all very, very difficult for me to digest what's going on there. And, you know, of course, we'll, we'll talk about some of the other links that, that are coming up. But none of them are quite in the defensive department, you know, particularly the centre-back position. So I do remain wary of that situation. Um, OK, well, let's talk about a couple of these players. Uh, so, Sabias, Tony, you like what you saw there when he came on? Yeah, he looked he looked very, very bright when he came on. Uh, always wanted the ball, always trying to find a, a progressive pass and never never always the easiest pass as well. He, he, he tends to pick the best pass available rather than the easiest, which we've become used to in, in recent years. So it was nice to see that. I think, again, it was a friendly and there was a bit more time and space than you'd expect. But we also have to remember that he only joined us. He only started training with them on Thursday. Um so he doesn't really know his teammates yet, but he looked very, very bright. And 
I think most people were, from what they saw in that in them 20 minutes, even if they didn't know anything about him, are already putting him in our starting 11. Um, and, and a lot of Madrid fans highly rate him as well, which is, is always a good sign. Um, Schwinn, just quickly, Martinelli, I haven't written him down, but have you caught him this pre-season? And you can also mention Tobias as well. Yeah, look, look, quickly on Ceballos, I think as Tony said, before he even kicked a ball for us, people were putting him in our starting 11. And I think there's an argument for that, depending on you know the, the class of the opposition and whether we're playing them at home or away. I think there's a definite argument. And there's certainly going to be the competition there, but he looks very good. He reminds me of Cazorla, you know, in terms of his dexterity, in terms of uh, how happy he is, you know, playing with his left as he is with his right. And uh, he's a ball carrier. He's some, that's something we've missed in midfield. Ramsey sort of brought that off the ball, you know, making those deep runs, added numbers in the box. But Ceballos tends to move with the ball quite a bit. And I think that's something we need coming from midfield. As for Martinelli, he looks bright. He looks very quick. He seems like a confident lad, doesn't shy away from the ball, is surprisingly good in tight situations. But, of course, that physicality is a bit lacking. He can make up for that with his pace uh, from what I've seen so far. But I'm very excited about him. I was at the beginning of the summer when we got him. And I think there is, he's going to play a more enhanced role than we might imagine this coming season. Um, what's your thoughts on, and I'll get, ask you as well, Tony, loan for Sabias. Schwinn, what I, I've I've read different reports of you know we paid seventeen million to Real Madrid. I don't know how true that is, um, but I've also seen a, lo- a lot of slackers. People are saying that there isn't a buyout clause. There's no options to buy. Then the, the, I've heard there is. Um, you know, it, look, it's a loan, I suppose. But if he gets you a top four at the end of the year, is it? It's obviously a good loan. It's, I think it's very, very smart business. Uh, from from what I've read, it's four million um, the, the loan fee that we've paid. And looking at Madrid's situation, the kind of business they've done this summer, um, they they need to get rid of some players and they need to free up some cap space. And uh, I can see them, you know, giving us Ceballos for four million, who's very far down the pecking order. And when they're in this situation, they don't have they don't have the place to you know command that sort of loan fee. Uh, looking at the other situations around the club, the other you know priorities around the club, I think it's very very smart business. I hope we have an option in there to buy. There's rumors going around that if he plays more than 30 games, then he we do have an option to buy, and I hope he stays on. But of course, he has already said his dream is to go back and you know make a name for himself at Madrid. That's what it takes. I'm okay with having you know him for just a season. And what about you, Tony? You you don't mind loaning those players in for a season? No, look, if, if we do have a, a tight budget or even any budget that we have to work to, you can't just go and splash out on every position. And if you the option comes available to bring a player like him who is going to improve the first team for a year, and it is you can only get him for the year, it makes perfect sense to do so. I mean, we're getting criticism over it because it's Arsenal. No one said anything about Chelsea having Higuain and Kovacic last year. Remember when Kovacic came in, probably myself included because I rate him, saying, oh, that's, that's a great signing for Chelsea. Obviously, they went on to make one of them permanent and one not, but there was no option to buy in either. Um, it's just discussions they had with Real Madrid that made Kovacic permanent, and I'm pretty sure that we could try and have them same conversations, obviously. Whether they're successful remains to be seen, or whether we will even want them conversations in a year's, year's time. 
But I think it's a very smart sign, and it's not 17 million, as, as Schwinn said. It's either a three or four million loan fee, and then uh, we're covering these wages, which I believe are only about 50 to 60,000 pounds a week. So it's nowhere near the reported 17 million. Yep, yep, okay. Um, look, what do you make of Semi Kiedra at uh, the game yesterday? <laughs> Is it Kiedra? Is that it? <laughs> Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get this one on your own, mate. <laughs> um, well, anyway, what do you make of him, him at uh, the grounds yesterday? And the, now it's coming out that it's, you know, it's bloody. Um, he's, he's available for free. Yeah, I mean, I, I, go, on. go on, Tony. I, I can't see us signing him. Um, I mean, he was at the public box office collecting these tickets, which is, I mean, I've had to do it before when I've been left tickets. That's not a sign of the club like bringing you in as a guest. Um, he was in the director's box, though, which is a bit strange. Uh, but, I mean, even on the pitch, I just can't see it. I don't know what job, where does he cover? Is he a, is he a second choice to Torreira? Is, he, like, is it getting in someone else's way? I just I can't see it at all. I mean, he, he's, I don't think he's completed a full season for about six years. He gets injured a lot, or he gets injured at least every season for a decent amount of time. He was a very good player in, he, in his prime, and, and there probably still is a bit of a good player in there, but he's been not playing every week for Juventus for God knows how many years, as I said, keeps getting injured. New to the league, I, I really can't see it. I don't think it would be horrendous signing if it happened, but I, I can't see the logic in it. And you were going to add something on that, Shui? Yeah, I wouldn't go near him. I mean, apart from the injury, which is the whole track record is very, very troubling. Apart from all that, it's the wage. I think he's, he's one of the higher earners in football that you see around the leagues. And despite it being a free transfer at, at this age, I think he'll you know, still require or demand a high high wage. I don't think for that sort of a wage, we'd be happy to have him for the squad role we would have in mind. And we also have the likes of Elneny and you know backups that we sort of need to get rid of before we start backing up you know our you know, that, that sort of a player in our squad. So, wouldn't go near him at all. Yeah, no, it's very interesting just to see them, you know, the reports coming out today. And for me, I, I've said, I don't, and I have an absolute no idea what he was doing at the, at the stadium yesterday. Um, there was talk he was mates with Ozil and he was coming there, but Ozil wasn't even playing. So maybe, was Ozil at the ground? Does anyone know? I believe him and Kalasnach were both there, just not involved. Okay, so they might have been just kicking back and, Watching up there, maybe I, I don't know, but I've seen him getting getting selfies with fans, taking pictures, and cruising around the place. And I thought that's just just very weird. I don't know where Juventus are at the moment, but he, he's obviously not travelling with them wherever they are. So, um, no, very odd. Okay, uh, Saliba. We also announced him during the week. Tony, uh, that was always that one's also a loan back. You know, we're. I was listening to Talk Sport and I've been reading different things about him. I know absolutely nothing about him, but people are telling me that he's going to be a superstar and, uh, you know, good business or what's your thoughts? Yeah, for me, it is. I mean, if he is this generational talent that everyone goes on about, then the only option for anyone to sign him, it was non-negotiable, was that you have to loan him back for a year. And it probably makes sense at 18 to get him some more first-team games, to let him build a bit. It makes sense anyway. And I think if that's your only way to get him, 
then you have to do it. I've seen a lot of criticism and I, I don't really understand. Yes, we need players now, but how many times have we missed out on players and then people moan years down the line? Oh, we could have done this, we could have done that. At least now they've gone out and done it. And one of the conditions was it has to be, he has to go back for a year. That, that's fine by me. If he, if he turns out to be anywhere near what any, everyone's expecting and talking about, then they've done the right thing. Mm-hmm. No, I'm happy as well. Um, and I had an argument with a bloke today. He said that, uh, you know, you're fucking kidding, aren't you? You just need defenders now. And look, hey, I agree with that. We all know our defence is a bit lame. And, you, you know, you can take with on the friendly yesterday or if you want to look back at Real Madrid game and a couple of pre-season games, it does look like the same old defence. But I've also said we aren't, we, we're not going to build this team overnight. So this, for me, is... It's a step in the right direction, so I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with the signing. Um, Schwinn, your take? Uh, not much to add there. I mean, as you guys said, he's someone who's very well respected, and you know, in terms of his potential, and you know, in terms of pr- top prospects coming out of Europe, you could probably say he's top five, top three in in that age category currently. And looking at our needs makes perfect sense. Pity that he cannot join us this season. But that was non-negotiable, as as has been said earlier. So you you do what you got to do to get the man in, and we have. Let's try and hope that you know we find someone who can cover our losses in the interim because we do need those. But top marks to the club for going out and you know having the foresight to uh, plan long term as well while planning short term. Tony um, Tierney, he's been linked with us all summer. Um, it's I'm reading now. It, it almost looks like it's been done. Or, or just about to be done. Um, happy with this one? I mean, uh, the reports are just coming out of everywhere. No one knows what, what's going on with it, really. Uh, I think it'll be a good sign if it happens. Interestingly, Emery in his com- press conference yesterday said that we're working on a centre-back and a winger. Didn't mention a full-back. Obviously, we can assume the, the winger is Pepe. But I don't know if it was just it slipped his mind or or if he wasn't questioned on it so he only talk, spoke about other positions um, but yeah I think it'll be a good sign and if it happens um, at least in, in age it brings obviously we're going from Nacho who's mid 30 or early 30s to, to a 22 year old um, he's decent in both directions he can go forward and back which is obviously we know Kolasinac's problem is he only works one way so I think it'll be a good sign, and if it happens, I'm not sure about his injury. Um, obviously, we know he's been injured most of the summer, but then I read reports the other day somewhere saying that he might not be available till December, which is a bit of a shitter, if true, but I have no idea if it's true. I tried Google it yesterday, and I just came up with a load of um, stories related to Arsenal trying to sign him, so okay. no idea on that one. Um, Schwinn, if this goes through, one that you're excited about as well? Definitely, definitely. I mean, I, I do have a question that I'll throw back at you because I agree with everything Tony said there. W- w- what's going on with Montreal? Did, does, did he ever sign that contract? Was it ever announced? I mean, what's going on there? Uh, I thought he did sign a contract last year, but I could. No, nothing was ever announced. I think not announced. properly by the club, um, which would suggest usually when that happens, this is not it's an option. So mm. if the club have exercised an option, they, they don't tend to sing and dance about it. 
because in reality, no one really knows when a contract, I mean, it's public knowledge when most contracts are up, but the clubs tend to not release that information, especially Arsenal. They just say a player signed a long-term contract. So if in their mind, the whole world doesn't know when the contract's up, them adding the option on to extend will not, it, they won't, it, do you know what I mean? It's not headline news. Yeah. But yeah I yeah. think the report has done quite, it was like signed in January and February, or February the extension, but I'd imagine it is just a one-year and I, I looked on transfer market the other day because someone was asking about it, um, and it does say like next year, 2020. So again, I'd imagine Arsenal just exercise their option. Yeah, yeah I think that's the that. same thing they. Yeah, I think that's the same thing they did with um, Martinez as well, because his was supposed to expire this year, according to transfer market earlier this year, and then once he stuck around after his loan spell ended at Reading, transfer market just got updated by a year on his contract. Yeah, I mean, I'd imagine with Martinez, I don't know, but I'd imagine that one of the conditions of him going on loan, or they would have told him that they're they're obviously um, taking that option up. Okay, um, the big one, Pepe. Um, no, to be fair, it's one of them that we we were linked early in the summer. I think probably May or so, but. Everyone knew the asking price and it was very high and, and there was thought there'd be a lot of teams going for him. And, and without Champions League football, I don't think anyone thought we was going to win that race. Um, it's obviously come out in the last few days that we look increasingly likely to win that race. I'm not sure if I would have gone for him. He's a very, very good player. I don't think he's exactly what we need at the moment, but when a player of that quality or that potential comes available, I think it's very hard to ignore and not go for them. I don't think the club would have been too disappointed if it if it didn't happen and he chose someone else. But now we are in the prime seat. As I said, you have to do it. He is, he's got a loads of talent and he's already very good. I mean, we've seen from France last year, I think he was second in both goals and assists in a team that are not fantastic. Um, it will be very exciting to see him at the Emirates. And as I said, if, if they can get it done, we'll all be pleased and, and it could be bright things. In terms of, is he perfect for what we need right now? Maybe not, but will he improve us almost definitely? And it gives us that that winger that we've been shouting out for. So it, it does tick boxes. I'm just not sure he was the complete match for, for what we need. But I'm not getting down about it. I'm, it makes it sound negative, but I'm not. I'm really happy about the transfer. Um, as I said, you can't turn that kind of player down. Schwinn? So, so happy about this happening. I mean, look, I, I don't disagree with Tony. I think Zaha is someone who is ready for the Premier League and is probably someone who can help us you know, get into the Champions League, which is obviously our, you know, like our first goal. I, I understand that argument, and I, so I agree with that argument. But for us to go out and get Pepe is the same as getting Saliba this season. That's the same thing we said, you know, not too long ago. So to be able to manage this, you know, after all the news reports about our transfer budget and us not having enough enough money to even get, you know, two or three players, let alone four, I think this is a great statement. And again, it's just smart business. It's something we've lacked and not seen uh, over the past years. And if this deal goes through, as is reported by pretty much everyone that, that we can trust today, I, I will be very, very happy. I think it's it may not pan out right away, but it's something that you know we can use in the future on the field. And if all goes well, and if you know if he doesn't want to stay, then we can all obviously monetize on that three, four, five years from now. So 
thumbs up from me. Yeah, it's all a thumbs up. Um, however, look, I have to give a bit of credit to Raul here because, you know, at the start of the fucking um, window, it was reported a 45 mil thing. I don't know if there was much truth in that or not, but, hey, when you look at our signings, <laughs> it does lean towards that, Tony, because every deal that we've, we're doing seems to be in instalments. Now, how the fuck he managed to get an $80 million player as they say, I, I don't know if that's totally true. It could be 70, you know, let's say 70, 80. It's up around there. How he managed to talk that club into five years' instalments of, what was it? I don't know, it would be 16 mil or, you know, 15, 16, around that a year has got me absolutely fucked. Look, it's so common in football. I don't know why it's only a story when Arsenal are doing it. 90% of transfers are paid in instalments across various amounts of years and in various parts. The press want to make a big deal out of it because it's us, but it is so common. These clubs, although cash rich, they generally don't have the money to just go and throw a hundred million pound euros or whatever currency you're working in and just like transfer it from their account to another, to another clubs. In, in general, it doesn't work work like that. I think we were saying this before the last the last season. I remember saying it. I think unless I'm missing someone, I forgot about someone. The last player we paid over ten million pound for that we paid in full was um, Cazorla. I think since then everything's been installments. Apart from, I mean, we probably paid for Martinelli up front, but it was only six million. In general, that's just how things work. And this is this is the when you say about the forty five million thing, that's where people are massively backtracking because. They were taking it as Arsenal's total budget is 45 million, and now they're going, Oh, no, look, with all the installments, it falls in, it's only 45 million. But that's not what they meant. Otherwise, you could just you could go down throughout time and say, Oh, Arsenal didn't spend 60 million on a Bamiyang, we probably spent 20, maybe 25. Like, it's just massively backtracking from the press and to try and make themselves sound right. All transfers, pretty much all transfers. Uh, done like this you think United went and just wrote Crystal Palace a check for 55 million for one Bissaka absolutely no chance it's just not how things are done yeah I don't know I don't know I, I do hear what you're saying but like you know when you've seen these reports about Maguire and, and things like that and, and to United and you know they're saying they want a little bit more up front and things like that I you know basically I, I totally understand what you're saying, and these clubs can't afford the, the 80 million up front and things like that, but why does that restrict to who you're actually buying then? Because, look, let's face it, if Neymar's 200 million, well, uh, anyone could afford him with instalments, surely. Yeah, but you also have to be acceptable to the club. You can't say I'll pay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, the yeah. rest of the time. like PSG have got to accept it, but I'm just using that as an example. Like it's a bit of a stretch, but I don't think I don't know. I, I don't... you're not restricted to to anyone really. No, that's what I mean. You're not really restricted to anyone. Yeah. You you can go anyone because like I'd imagine I, with this deal, from what we're hearing, it's five instalments. Um, for Pepe, I'd imagine some other clubs probably want a little bit more up front and then the other three instalments or something like that. Would it, 
you know. Yeah, I mean, reports to the, uh, the initial report was five evenly split, as you said, around 15 million. Reports today were, were sort of 20 million up front and then four further payments of 15, mm-hmm. which to me sounds more right. But yeah. to give you an example, when Tottenham signed uh, Musa Sissoko was just after the Euros, was it 2016? They paid, it's a bit unclear. They, they only paid, so everyone was going, oh, you spent 30 million on Sissoko. But the deal was either 6 million a year or 6 million a transfer window. It was a bit unclear when it came out. Again, that's just how things work. It's not like, and then people go, "Oh, Newcastle." One people, some people are saying, "Oh, fucking hell, Tottenham paid thirty million for Sissoko. They've massively, massively overpaid." Other people going, "Oh, Newcastle are idiots. They're only getting six million now." It's, it's mm. just how things are done. So when you see an actual budget come out, and you, you know, like some people will go, "Oh, Arsenal have got a hundred million dollar budget this summer," and and this summer there's plenty of reports that we've got a forty-five million dollar budget. That's just absolute bullshit. In general, budgets were always seen as that is your total amount to spend. So they don't care if you're paying it over one year, two years or 10 years. It was always if you've like so this pay pay deal would go down as 80 million. That was always how budgets are reported. Now, suddenly and only with Arsenal, not with anyone else, the press seemed to want to go, ah, but they're paying it installments. So it's actually a different amount. They're just covering their asses because they were wrong. Mm. As Vinay was whenever the fans forum was whatever day that was tuesday or wednesday said like i don't recognize that number i have no idea where that's come from so now that they've basically created a story and now they're building around it to make everything fit whereas had they not created that story it would be arsenal spent 80 million here obviously however much on on saliba which again is installments however much on whoever else we go on to get it's just a different narrative for a different club because it's Arsenal fans click on, click on links and read web pages and get views and then also carry on and talk about it. Um, Zaha's obviously dead and buried. I see people saying that, oh, geez, it'd be good to get Zaha as well, but I can't see that now, can you? No, can't see it at all. Uh, so you'd assume so. I don't know whether it'll go to Everton. Hang on. Are you right over there, Schwinn? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah? Sounds like you're having a fucking jack-off or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so, uh, Everton was the other one, Tony. He, obviously, people seem to still think he may be on, on as well. I mean, I never believed it. I never read anything into it because it seemed like out of nowhere, Edu got appointed and suddenly it was like, oh, Arsenal are definitely going to sign this guy. And then it was like literally within the day Edu was sort of appointed, it was like, oh, look, Arsenal sent a medical team to Brazil. And then two days later, it was, oh, but this has happened now, so something else and something Mm. just dragged on. Within one report. Then I've seen Edu doesn't technically start till September either. Uh, They said that at the fans' forum. I don't know if that was a bit of firefighting, as in. If all goes tits up, it's not Edu's fault. Mm. They done the same with San Lehi and uh, Sven last year. They said, "Oh, they don't start till after the January window." And then once we signed the Bamiyang, that kind of that talk disappeared, and it was like, "Oh, look what these new guys have done." Mm. Um, okay, how do you rate this window? If obviously Tierney comes in, uh, Pepe is obviously pretty much right. Fuck, you can nearly say it's done, I suppose. 
Uh, Pepe Tierney, they come in. How do you rate this window? Um, good. Very, very good. I still would... Look, in an ideal world, we'd have a first-team centre-back. Uh, that's not going to happen. We may get a stopgap centre-back, which for me would make the window pretty much as good as it could be. Um, I don't know who. I'm not going to put a name on that, but it won't be someone expensive. We've been linked with a few loans. But very good window. I mean, look, we lost Ramsey, and with these sign-ins, if they're all complete as expected, we'll be a stronger team. So that's all you can ask for. If you look, in, in life, not just football, if you stand still, you're moving backwards because everyone else is standing still. We took a giant step backwards when we're losing Ramsey. So if we still come out of, come out of this window in front of where we are, then that's sort of all you can ask for, a positive strides forward. Uh, Schwen, your thoughts if all this comes through, mate? Good window, excellent window, or probably one of the best windows you've seen? Well, um, excellent window. I, I wouldn't say one of the best windows I've ever seen just because the window isn't over yet, and Pepe isn't done, neither is Tierney. You know, I mean, depart, you know, despite whatever you hear, and let's hope everything is going to go as planned, but they're not done yet. And to Tony's point, the center back. But if everything goes as planned, then I think it's a solid 8.5. And if you get a good center back who can do a, a job short term even, that's probably a good 9, 9.5, arguably 10 window. So top marks for me. I'm, I'm very, very happy with the way we've done business. With um, Sloba coming in next year, uh, Tony talked about a stopgap centre back who's mm. on who's on your type of watch list that you think that you've seen a report and you think oh, I wouldn't mind him no, honestly I don't even think I've seen a report I mean Lewis Dunk got mentioned somewhere um, but apart from that I don't really think I remember any names so throw me some Tony Ghani's probably the biggest Mm-mm. see look I'm not his biggest fan uh, Telewatch is more Italian football than me, so what do you think about him, Taz? He's, he's just shit. No good at all. I've I got nothing good to say about the kid. He, look, he was he had potential years ago. He went on a good loan spell. But I'm just trying to think who, who you could nearly compare him to today. Hmm. Um... <sighs> <laughs> I could probably think of Mustafi. <laughs> um, <I> just, Ouch. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't think it, it might be a little upgrade. It's not a huge upgrade, I don't think. Uh, it's, he's, he rolled it on the bench last season. Uh, sorry, last season he played about 20-something games. He wasn't great in them games. I've, I speak to lots of Juventus fans uh, just because I'm in Italian chats and things like that. They tell me that he's shit. They just say straight up, mate, he's absolute shit. So I have to take it from what... They see him as what we do to Mustafi. They say, mate, if I can take him for free, please. Um, he signed a new contract at Juventus last year. There was lots of Juventus fans screaming up in arms going, why? Uh, the year before that, when he come back from loan, he basically rotted on the bench. He was just couldn't get into the team. I, I, oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I... I got no. I, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan at all. Yeah, I mean, I feel similarly uh, from what little I've seen of him. I think he reads the game very well, but is not quick enough um, to, you know, to make recovery runs for for his for his fullback. 
and in our team, which is very full-back intensive in terms of attacking, your center backs have to cover a lot of ground in crunch time. And I don't, I'm not sure whether he is that player. So yeah, it'll be a no for me. I think we could get him on a good deal, but he's not the right product, and I'd rather not. Yeah, look, for me, I want a leader. I want a leader in the defense. I want someone to organize their defense. And and you know, you've got Holding there, um, who I think will be a leader in in years to come. I don't know what's going to happen with Mafropanus, so it's hard to say whether he's going to come, go, or, you know, stay, or what the go is there. But uh, you know, Tierney, we've also got Bellerin. So I'm looking at centre backs, um, and I'm, I'm thinking I want I want a leader. Like Socrates is there as well. Sorry, but but you know, look, I just yeah, that that's my only worry. And, and this he's he's not a leader. Um, I just. Funny enough, as I'm recording this podcast, I got a, just looking back at some messages, and a Juventus fan mate of mine actually said he's similar to a Gary Cahill. So I don't know what you make of that. Um, anyway, Tony, you, you like him? What are your thoughts? Um, I've not seen anywhere as much of him. It's no shame to not get in that Juventus team, especially defensively. So. I think people that are purely basing it on, oh, he doesn't start every week for Juventus. Well, of course not. We're looking at a loan with an option to buy. You don't get starters for the best team in Italy and one of the top five teams in Europe with loans with option to buy. So I think that's a bit of flawed logic. Um, look, the reports coming back from other fans aren't good. I have not seen enough of him to form an opinion, so I can only go off other people. Um, it's another body. Is it another better body? We don't know, and, and I think, Tez, when you just went through the names, you didn't include Chambers, who I think pretty much started every game in pre-season, and it looks yeah, like... Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. It looks like, on at the moment, if, if you were to pick your team now for Newcastle, I think you'd be pretty stupid not to put Chambers in it. Um, yeah. He's had a good so, Well, he's, he's obviously been trusted, and as I said, right now, if I was picking my team, it would be him and um, Socrates. Hmm. Hard to disagree because, uh, yeah, no, he's, he's been pretty good. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit. I think that's about all we've got on incomings. I'll get the outgoing soon. I'll just quickly, I just want to touch, I've got here goalkeeper. Um, Martinez, he looks like the, you know, who's our backup keeper this season. Does that worry you, lads, Tony? No, not really. Um, you've got to cross your fingers and hope that your backup keeper is very rarely needed. Um, I think he's good enough to do a job. Would I want him 20 games in a row? No, not really. Would I want him as first choice? No. But coming in here and then, if there's a if Leno gets sent off and he has a couple of games suspension, Martinez is good enough. So but, but for, the, for me, reason, it's not an issue. I don't think yeah, with, but, with a wage structure, I don't think you want a. A, a top earning keeper on the bench. Last season, we sat here and we said, "Check when he was he was the Europa League goalkeeper," and we said to people that we used, you know, check he will play right through to the whole Europa League, including the final. Do now we change our tactics because of Martinez? So if, if you know if we get to the Europa League final, does Leno come in or does he stick with Martinez? Uh, I don't think he would change it, but obviously there's a lot to be seen on how things go. If, if we get to the final 
in spite of Martinez and not because of him, then it's easier to say he'll be dropped. But if it was just a normal campaign, nothing, he wasn't exceptional, he didn't do anything wrong, I'd probably expect Emery to stay the same. Okay, Schwinn, what about you, mate? Yeah. Okay, with what we got? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's uh, it's something that's been forced upon us at this point. And look, if if you had to look at it as, at it as glass half full, then I suppose when Czech was deputizing and he came on, we had to sort of change our style of play because he was nowhere as comfortable with the ball as Leno was. To Martinez's credit, he is a bit more comfortable than Czech is on the ball. So our players, you know, don't need to change their style of play that much more when uh, Martinez is indeed deputizing. Uh, it's okay. It's it's what we need. Martinez is going to be gone hopefully by the end of the summer, uh, end of next summer, and then we can look for other options. Uh, you know, when we have a lot more resources at a fewer uh, priorities. Yeah, I wonder if um, you know, I don't know, it's a fair way down the track, but I wonder if that's a target for January. You know, to look look in January for backup goalkeeper. Um, okay, Tony Grenet Shaka. He actually copped a lot of hate. Uh, I, I, I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. Arsenal fans, pull your fucking heads in, fair dinkum. Like, just, I know you don't mightn't like a player, but you should support him. Uh, you should su- you should support support all the players who wear the Arsenal. Jersey, like fuck me, I, I don't get this hatred towards players. Yeah, I mean, I can't. It just again, I'm similar to you. It doesn't make sense to me, and it's not because it's Shakri. It could be anyone. Like when when a player's wearing the shirt, all I want them to do is succeed. I don't care if I think they're useless. I, I want them to be successful. Or if I think, oh, they can't do it in the Premier League, they're more suited to somewhere else. I don't, I just want them to be a success when they're on the pitch. I don't think abusing anyone is, is going to do that. Um, I, I have plenty of players who I don't think are good enough for Arsenal. I've never thought, oh, you know what, I'm going to tweet him and tell him or write comments on his Instagram. I don't really get it. And a lot of people were upset when Josh Kroenke said fans need to remember their jobs. But I know he wasn't speaking about situations like this, but that is, this is, this is a perfect quote for this situation. Okay, you don't think they're good enough, but he's on the like he's gonna be on the pitch or when he's on the pitch, what use is it? Like who who are you helping by booing? What are you doing? You're boosting your own ego, that's it. I mean, I'm gonna link the two. I thought the treatment of Mustafi yesterday was ridiculous. Like the guy's coming onto the pitch as a sub. But how is booing him useful? it literally makes no sense to me. I I, I literally don't understand what people want. Um uh, well, I know what they want. I just the way of getting it just makes absolutely no sense to me. And then you've got Granite uploading a post on Instagram, and he has to disable the comments before it's even started. Mm. Like, it's just, just, just ridiculous. It really fucking is. Uh, yeah, and look, it's, I'm not, I'm not saying this because I have any fondness for the players, but they're wearing an Arsenal shirt, so I want them to win. I want them to succeed, and I want them to do well, and I want to give them the best platform to do that. And booing isn't that. I don't think I've ever booed an individual player. I've booed performances. And that's everyone collectively at the end of a game when it doesn't really matter what you say because the game's gone and over. It's not going to affect anything. But booing an individual player just it doesn't make any sense to me. Nah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, Schwinn, pretty much the same, mate. 
Yeah, nothing to add on that one. Just sickening. Mm. No, it's it's fucking gives you the shit, say because like, the who are these people though? Like, like, put yourself in their shoes. Put like these these players are professionals, yes or no, and they probably, I don't know whether they probably do a bit of training on that and psychological evaluations and all that shit. I, I don't know whether they, you know, they they obviously prepare themselves for that, but. Put yourself in their shoes for a minute. And if you had seventy to 80,000 people booing you at a stadium or if you had an Instagram post up and, and every man and his dog commented about hatred and shit, like, how would that make you feel? But you'll go to your job tomorrow after you've booed and after you've done your tweet or, or whatever you've fucking done and it won't worry you because you've got it off your shoulders. But think about what that does to the player. And I just think it's fucking poor form. You're just a gutless cunt sitting behind a fucking phone or a microphone or whatever you fucking... Uh, not a microphone, a phone or a fucking computer. And you're, just, you're just being a cunt. That's all you're being. Just a total cunt. Um, anyway, let's continue on. Mustafi, you did touch on that quickly, Tony. And, uh, you know, obviously the, I won't go on about the booing. But do you think he'll stay or leave this summer? I think look for the for the good of the club and for himself because his confidence is on the floor and, and we're not really helping him. So I think for the good of himself and the club, he he should go. Whether anyone comes up with with decent amount of money for him, I mean another thing yesterday, people are people are moaning at him because he put his arm up claiming for offside when someone was offside. Like, at what point do you just? It's at, it's at the point now where the people are just being blamed for anything regardless whether they're right or wrong, but. I just can't see anyone paying the money for him, and it's 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 a shame because he's nowhere near as bad as he's looked in the last probably six months. But yeah, I don't know if I don't think Arsenal's a good place for him to be playing, and I don't think he'll ever get that confidence back up. And then he, he, when you start questioning yourself, or oh, do I slide in because if I do and the guy goes past me or I foul him, people are going to go, oh, same old, same old. And you can't start second you guess not at that level. You can't start second you get guessing yourself. You have to play on instinct, and once you start second-guessing yourself, you're pretty much finished. And I think that's the issue where he's at at the moment. Yeah, it's a bit sad, a bit sad. Um, I think that's about it. Oh, El Nanny, he'll probably have to... He goes or stays, Schwinn, do you think? Gotta go, right? I mean, has he has he even kicked a football this preseason? He was in Africa. He's not back. Oh, he's, oh, he's not now. back, yeah. Yeah, that's right. He should be back now because they went out the round... Oh, no, they went out... The same round as Ivory Coast, I think. So he should be back today. You see the article with the found a dead body in his house. In um, what? Yeah, yeah. In his, it's not his house. It's a property he owns. Right, right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's that's another reason to get rid of him. Why? As if we didn't have enough. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how that's a reason to get rid of him. I don't him. know how yeah, that's a reason. Either. Not that I disagree with the, the point, but... <laughs> um, okay, who else goes this summer? Uh, well, let's let's go quickly. Who goes on loan? Have a stab, Tony. Um, I think Mavropanos will. Uh, it's difficult with a lot of the young guys because I think Eddie recent and Joe Willock will be kept. I wouldn't be surprised if Smith-Rowe goes out. Um, 
I think Saka's probably too young to go out on loan. Burton's an interesting one because no one had really heard of him two months ago and he's had a very good very good tour, very good preseason. So I don't know if he would have been in anyone's plans or I will potentially try and get him because no one knew who he was. But I would probably be looking, trying to look at him if I was maybe championship level. Mm. But that's it. If we do sign this third choice keeper that we've been linked with, then Macy will go and it will probably go permanently. It's just not good enough. So, yeah, that's it from the top of my head, I think. Mm-hmm. Can you grow them, Schwinn? Yeah. yeah. No Smith, one to loan, yeah. Smith Road, did you say? Yeah. I, expect, I think he'll probably go back out on there. Yeah, okay. Okay, um, what else we got? Ozil closing that Schwinn? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you get. I mean, everyone's already seen what happened at the clip that surfaced. I think it was from a CCTV camera, if I'm not wrong. Um, but yes, Mesut Ozil, uh, along with his wife and Saad Klasnach, was um, a victim of a potential assault. And everyone's seen that they ran, you know, at least Mesut and his wife got in the car and and sort of sped away while Klasnach took on the two um, the two people with machetes, I want to call it. I mean, they, they were really, really big knives. I suppose the only reason I wanted to chat about this is because of, look, there was no physical harm that was that was caused, thankfully, and and kudos to Kolasinac for you know standing up for his friend, and and really you know in an instance of fight or flight, you know just trying to serve as a protector and and taking this violence uh, you know face first, but this what I wanted to talk about was the psychological trauma that can be caused, and we often forget that you know so things like this happen and despite there being no repercussions at that point, it, it might take a while for players or individuals to get out of the funk. So I just thought it was worth a conversation or at least a remark, uh, considering it was pretty fucking tough to even look at it, you know, from my angle. So I'm, I can only imagine what it was like being there. You know what? I was thinking, oh, fuck, we're just about to wrap up. That's it. Podcast. What else can we talk about? And I've just fucking realised we've got fucking a heap of questions to get through. <laughs> yeah, we have. Yeah, okay. So let's get on to them. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree with everything you said there, Schwinn. I, you know, we'll see how they go. They had the they had the day off yesterday just watching the game. So it, it's not, not good, I suppose. Not good. Um... Vish, why are we pushing? Um, where are we? Oh, he's got two, three. You're on the first question. How can you say where are we? Because I've, no, I've got one below him. Below. Well, carry on reading the first one. Are you, are you not concerned that the gaping holes in our defence, which were blatantly exposed against Madrid and Leon, have not been addressed as yet? In my opinion, we need two or three centre-backs, preferably one, uh, that can do a job at right back or left back if needed. Uh, is our defence an issue? Yes. Do we need to improve it? Yes. Uh, you can't really add too much more to that. There is concern. I don't think. I think again, as I said earlier, he tried to play high up again yesterday. I hope he abandons it. I don't know why he's tried it again. Um, maybe he's thought with Chambers is a little bit quicker than people who had their last season so he can try and see if his pace bails us out it never will do um 
I still maintain that a top-class centre-back wouldn't improve us, or well, would barely improve. Well, that's what he said. He said, uh, yeah, that was the one I was looking at, and I was just wondering what order it had come through. That was all. Um, why, are you, why are we pursuing uh, Regani uh, as centre-back when he's no better than Mustafi? Um, we pretty much touched on that. I'd imagine the reason we are is because we could probably they think they could get him on loan. Probably is there any other centre backs that you can think of that you can get on loan? You never know with the loan market. I mean, there's if Barcelona and Madrid have got players, you can look there. PSG. You never know with the loan market because no one ever, not with older players, no one ever says this guy is available for loan. It's sort of mm. what happens in discussion. Like, no, there was no report saying Regani's available for loan and then we've gone in. So the only reason we think he's available for loan is because we've heard of these talks. Um, well, look, yeah. I don't know if he's available on loan or not. He signed a contract last year. He hasn't been on loan for two years. So, um, Schwinn, would you be happy with us signing uh, Mario Lamina? Lamina? Mario Lamina mm, from Southampton, I think. Um, yeah. As El Nenny replacement. Ooh, um, I, I like Lamina. I think he's he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, which can often lead to you know him being a bit aggressive on the field and getting a yellow card or two extra on 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 a given day. But I'm not sure whether we can you know flex those sort of muscles just yet. I think he's too good to be a backup player for a club like us right now. Um, and uh, before we get to strengthening that sort of a player profile in, in, in the club roster, I think there's other bigger priorities. I like the shout. I like the the role that has been envisioned by Vish for Lumina as a squad player, someone to come up, uh, you know, come in late, late in games and keep the ship steady, uh, put in a couple of crunching challenges and make just things tougher. But... That's something you can maybe do as a Champions League club and not as a Europa League club. Just to just to add some context, because I don't know if Schwinn knows. Um, basically, Southampton have said they'll let him go. He didn't go on their pre-season tour. He was linked with quite a few Premier League clubs for not too much money. Um, so, yeah, just saying that. Uh, I'd prefer him to Kadira, is probably my answer. How much do you think he'll want a week? I'm not sure on wages. I doubt he'd have been... I don't know what he was on at Juventus. He wouldn't have been on crazy high wages at Southampton because it's Southampton. Similar to Elneny, maybe a little bit more. 70 absolute tops, I'd imagine, but I'm plucking a number out of thin air, to be honest. Um, also, uh, thoughts on us being linked to Danny Alves uh, as cover for Bellerin? Mm, wouldn't go near him. Too old. Just wouldn't have the pace for the Premier League. Might get injured at this point in his career and is just going to siphon off money sitting in, you know, on the bench or, well, you know, he's a, worse, maybe. he's a better option than Lichsteiner. Uh, yeah, I mean, for sure. But Lichsteiner is someone who's got that, you know, Germanic work ethic and that discipline. Danny Al- an injured Danny Alves, who is just drawing his paycheck and can potentially be a bit of a distraction in the locker room. I wouldn't take that gamble. Uh, Brad says, why is the fans booing Mustafi? Uh, Mustafi getting stick. Is it okay to bash players on social media but not the game? Surely you should have the same energy if you hate a player on social media. Uh, hate them to their face, not the face. Mate, they're just fuckheads. At the end of the day, Brad, they just fucking 
keyboard warriors sitting behind their fucking Twitter just being a bunch of cunts. That's that's the end of it. They're just fuckheads. I, I said a tweet the other day, and this whole fucking negativity around Arsenal starting to really piss me off. I And no disrespect to... I'm, I'm from Australia. I've got no ties with Arsenal. My grandma, my fucking auntie, my uncle, they don't follow Arsenal. Schwinn, I, you know, you're probably the same, mate. We've spoke about on the Gooners, the Gooners. We don't have ties like Tony, obviously, has probably closer ties than we do. You know, like, mm. if you didn't want to fucking spend... If you wanted to follow a club when you chose Arsenal and have a look at why you actually chose Arsenal because some people just seem to think that it's a bottomless end of money that you can go out and spend $300 million on fucking players and I, I, I think people seem to think they want the best of the best. I, I don't think they're just happy with what they got, so... Fuck off. Go go and play. Go and follow fucking Manchester City or or fucking PSG or, or something. You know, just stop being a cunt all the time. Fucking over it. Can I just put it out there that while I agree with absolutely everything you said, you completely misread the question. And he was basically <laughs> saying, why can't we give him stick? If I'm giving it on social media, then I should be giving it to his face as well, so I don't look two-faced. So yeah. he's saying we should should be giving him stick. I agree with everything you said. <laughs> Brads, pull your fucking head in, mate. <laughs> Simple as that. No, it just, I just, it just pisses me off. I don't get it. Like, you people hide behind their fucking thing. I betcha, I betcha half them cunts wouldn't, if, I wonder how many would front up to a closet hatch and start giving him fucking stick face to face. Well, no, no one now. <laughs> you know, like. Now that, now that they've seen him move. Just hide behind but, no, it, Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not digging out Arsenal fan TV here, and I'm really not, but. For years, they were, let's get rid of Wenger, they don't like Wenger. And they saw him, they got selfies with him. Certain part, not all of them, obviously. They got selfies with him, saying the day before Alexis left, pretty much, or within the week that Alexis left, they're getting selfies with him. No yeah, one carries this energy from social media in, in face to, like, over to face-to-face. No, fucking gutless. And how's that clown with his dumb, fucking, stupid, fucking heavyweight belt? Oh, he's at a fucking <laughs> protest there the other week. I've seen it on Twitter. I laughed me fucking guts out. He's at a fucking protest with some fucking shit belt on. I don't know. What's that cunt's, fat cunt's name? Tony's friend. Anyway, long story short, he he went and bought the fucking... He went and bought the, the, the new shirt. <laughs> but he's, he's protesting. What are you fucking... Or a season ticket as well. <sighs> like, Unbelievable. You, you can't tell me they're not doing it for fucking likes and fucking followers. and They're just being fucked with. They're just... Uh, just I'm lost for words at these cunts. I really am. Must have been dropped on their fucking head at birth or something. Yeah, um, they, believe, they believe that their protest worked and that's the reason that suddenly we're signing players that had already been in the pipeline way before the protest. So We've got a question on that coming up, actually. I did see that. I laughed. And I seen another hashtag getting around before it was we care, do you fucking care? And then I seen another hashtag getting around Arsenal does care or something like that. Or they do care. <laughs> fucking dickheads. Um It's like them cunts with them fucking selfie videos. Have a go at yourselves, you fucking wankers. I'm gonna get some stick over this podcast, aren't I? Did after last show, Tony. Oh yeah, <laughs> hiding behind their fucking keyboards. But it's it's just proved right though because 
I've not seen anyone say we care do you since we've been since Friday, which is when we I think it was Friday we were linked with Pepe. Mm. Like so, and my point was that they don't order. The only relevant point that anyone can seem to make is we want them to spend money when you actually ask them to explain what they want. And now suddenly it looks like we might spend money, and poof, the process the the protests have disappeared. So essentially, they just wanted a sugar daddy. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what they wanted. And look, of all the fans over in the UK, I I pretty much agree that you're entitled to be upset and pissed off. But don't you know that fuck with carrying on with his dumb, stupid fucking bill. Go and give yourself an uppercut, Jim. Um, this is a new listener. The Every Minds. Never heard of. No, him. he's not. No, he's been around. Okay. Yeah, lights buzz. Is that it? At lights yeah, buzz. At lights buzz. Yeah. 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 Okay. There you go. Uh, who should the fans blame for our defence woes? The management, the manager, the players. We need to sort this team out before Newcastle. Although I'm one of the few that believes in this team. I love Arsenal. Well done. Well done, mate. Um, Tony. Um. For me, a bit of both. Look, I, I place a lot of blame on the manager because we've not improved. If anything, we've probably gone backwards. So, as, as people often say, if we had, if Mourinho had this team, would they concede as many goals? And I don't believe so. Are the players good enough? Probably not. But when they're going backwards or they're just not improving year after year, week after week even, then you've got to say that there's a system issue. I mean, and look, this. I know I've been outspoken about Emery a lot of times, but they weren't good under Wenger either, which is leading a lot of people to say to players. But neither of them had improved that defence. Wenger in his last two years and, and Emery in his first year, and obviously now we're in pre-season. So for me, I think manager has a lot of the blame to take on his shoulders, but they obviously also could be better players. So I'd for me, it's sort of like 75% of the blame is with the management and, and 25% is just that the players... I'm not even blaming the players. If they're not good enough, they're not good enough. It's not their fault. They're not trying to be bad. But 25% of the blame is that the players just aren't up to the level we think they should be. Mm. Um, just as we're recording this show, uh, so Sky News has just come out and said uh, Nicolas Pepe is expected to have a medical at Arsenal within days. So I understand the deal has been agreed... And the player has also agreed to join Arsenal. Expected a uh, 24-hour winger will be an Arsenal player this week. And that just that actually doesn't say anything. Like everyone, no, no, I was just reading Monday, it. Tuesday, <laughs> Friday, but I've never seen any speculation yeah. say oh, it's going to go into next week. So they're basically just fucking guess. Sky News dropped off the ball a bit. They, they haven't been good for years, for a long, long time. Hmm. So not, yeah. Just, just, yeah. it always seems to be last lately it's, to be honest it, it's more like they used to be great and I think English fans sort of realised they dropped off and then the, the, the foreign fans who don't watch Sky Sports News all the time because it's not a common channel mm. probably still think of it as the old reputation yeah, so yeah. now probably gets more you get more foreign fans saying, oh, Sky Sports News said it, it must be true. And, and a lot of the English fans, not just of Arsenal, just mean general football yeah, yeah, fans yeah. will go, well, no, not really. It's just that we hear it all year round. 
you guys only sort of hear in the transfer window and you just expect it from what it has been its old reputation. Yeah, yeah. No, I've noticed this window, it's, it's changed heaps. Um, BBC, BBC Five, I think it is. I listen to them a bit, though. That's not too yeah, bad. It's a radio station. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking there's Talk Sport. They were really good once. Well, last season, they seemed pretty good, but they don't know hardly even talking about any football this year. It's been disappointing. Um, so I've switched over to BBC Five. Halls of Marble. Would Sabias starting more often than Granite give a better midfield balance, Schwinn? Granite? No, I mean, I would imagine he's someone who would give Torreira competition. Someone who, you know, I mean, he, look, he has played behind the ball in his early years, but the way he's developed as a player is someone who's a lot more proactive. And Granite is someone who sits and dictates play. I can imagine Sabayos higher up you know, given a bit more license to to find himself in uh, attacking positions and and maybe somewhere even closer to goal. So, Torreira, yes, not Granite. Well, I got you, Schwinn, because you said an eight point five. So, uh, just to stick with that, Siddhartha said on a scale of one to ten, how would you guys rate the transfer window if we sign Pepe and Tierney? Sticking with that. Yep. Uh, Tony. Yeah, around the same. Um, as I said, there's still a centre-back issue. So I'm not going to go all out and give it top, top marks, but 8, 8.59 sounds fair. Yep, yeah, I agree. Uh, Lewis says, what sort of equipment do you use for the pod, mics, etc., if any, lol? Uh, um, My phone and a pair of simple headphones. That's it. Tony? I speak into my laptop unless I need to go for a piss and then I switch it to my phone. <laughs> yeah, I've got all the gear. I've got fucking yeah, microphones, headphones, studio equipment. I'm all set up recording and fucking, nah, not really. Um, pretty much recording on Skype. We've got a little software program called Call Recorder. We press a record button. I've got a mic and I've got some headphones. So yeah. That's about me though. Um, hack on Larson. Uh, one of the key factors, Tony, we're getting Pepe instead of Zaha, is that Palace will have m- more money up front, you guys think? I suppose, well, did they want more money up front? Uh, I would expect so. Um, and just, I think with, with Zaha, there was very unlikely to be a sell-on value. Whereas Pepe's two, two and a half years younger, that if he if he has three amazing years, he's worth whatever. I mean, obviously we don't know how the transfer market's going to go, but his value's going to go up, and he'd be 27. He's in the prime time for for Bayern. Whereas Azaha, if he has three amazing years, he's 29, and it's a bit like, well, would a team pay a lot of money for a 29-year-old? Like top top, we're talking over 100 million, probably not. So I think there's there's a few factors involved, but I would imagine that Palace probably wanted more in front as well. Okay, so Shant says, uh, ready for this bit loaded, Schwinn. Uh, among Willock, Nelson, uh, Maitland-Niles, Eddie, who, as per you, will you make most progress this season? Willock is his pick. Oh, there's three questions here, so yeah, get that one out of the way. I mean, I think Willock's already sort of won that. I mean, from what we've seen in this preseason so far, 
uh, he has, I mean, forget the skill. That's something that we could see at the tail end of last season. He looked confident. He looked proactive. And he didn't really seem out of his depth. Even in the Europa League final, he seemed to instantly improve us when he came on late into the game. But this offseason, he's developed physically. He's looking bigger. Uh, his strides are looking bigger. He's grown into himself. Uh, literally and figuratively, and he's looking, you know, a proper season player so far. Now, granted, it's preseason, but you know, these games are against some of the big, the bigger teams, some of some good opposition. We've seen games uh, getting heated, heated up, and uh, I think he's he's looked completely in place, so he'll get my vote as well. What about you, Tony? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very difficult to argue with Willock, but these things change so quickly. If you'd have asked me this in January, I would have said Smith Rowe. I know he wasn't on the list because he doesn't, he's not figured in preseason. He's been injured and you can't put him in the same bracket as them players. But with these young guys, things change so quickly. I've never rated Reese Nelson as highly as most others have, but he, he's capable of coming in and scoring free and free. And suddenly you go, oh, yeah, Reese is the one with the most potential or the, or the most likely to set the world alight this season. With, with these young guys, it is really so hard to compare eddie can come on with 15 minutes to go at one all at newcastle score a last minute winner and suddenly he's the hero and he's the future uh, but as as of right now i don't think i don't think anyone can say anyone but we look trying to think when they came out to australia um there was one one player that really stuck i just can't remember it now might have been eddie i think it was reese reese was, was it might have been reese yeah. nelson yeah. yeah we haven't even spoken about emil smith rowe no, as I said, he, I mean, he only started training last week. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't go back out on loan. So, as I said, in January, he would have been, even in April, he would have been my answer without a doubt. But he's obviously been injured. He's not played football since, I think, January, maybe December. And, um, yeah, it's just, that's the way it is with these young players. Mm. Um, how comfortable, Tony, are you with a back four? Kolasinac, uh, Socrates, Chambers... Niles, Rob returns until Rob returns. It's not ideal, is it? <laughs> no, it's, I was just thinking, I was, is that right? Fucking nightmare. <laughs> what a fucking nightmare, right? Well, well you've got to throw Tierney in there, haven't you? The, let's well, say no, he does. Yeah, but that's, uh, that's a big presumption. No. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine without Tierney, it becomes a back five. I don't think Emery steps on to the pitch with this back four. He makes it a back five. I'm I'm not sure. I think he look, if if Pepe does happen, which I think we're all pretty expectant, he has to start the three. Maybe not in the first week of the season because the, up until and we don't know if he's trained today. But Pepe only came back to pre-season today, so and we don't even know if he's trained. He's not going to be with the Arsenal squad till you'd imagine next Monday, and then that's only five days till game day. So. You'd, you maybe he won't go with the three at Newcastle, but in general, you'd imagine he's going to go with the three up top, which then makes playing a five very difficult because then players are going to take up wide spaces, which means you don't overly need win backs. It leaves two in the middle with completely just no help at all, and they're going to get overran. So I, I think he's lining up more to stay with a um, stay with a back four, but it is difficult. Kolasinac has never impressed as a fullback. Maitland Niles just isn't a fullback. Chambers was out on loan last year, and Socrates. Uh, I mean, I like him, but many people don't. So you, you look at that defense. It's good enough. It's good enough to win games, 
and we could beat very good. Like you could go and beat a Tottenham, a Man United, a Chelsea with, with that defence. It's, it's, it's impossible. They're not completely shit. Mm. But you don't look at that and think, oh, I'm really confident we're going to keep a clean sheet this week. <laughs> There's questions over every one of them. I mean, where say say you look at Liverpool, and it's not a good example, but you look at Liverpool, you go Robertson solid, Alexander Arnold solid, Van Dijk solid, and then the other one you might go eh, not the best, Gomez bit young, bit inexperienced, or Matip is not the best, Lovren is slow. With us, all four of them positions, there's a bit like oh, Monreal's old, or Kalasnac can't defend, mm. or Maitland-Niles isn't a fullback. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm. There's questions to be asked over all four of them. <laughs> yeah, and I, I agree. I agree. I was just going to say, though, we're actually picking on their performance, not the player themselves. Some kind of go, oh, fuck you fellas had a shot at the players. <laughs> um, what type of new centre-back will you prefer? Uh, Sushant says, me a left-footed and a good 1v1 situation. Look, obviously, Harry Maguire is one that really sticks out for me, but fuck me, you're never going to get him. I, I don't know who's available for... I think we've got our bloke for next season. I, I don't know what we do this year, boys. I just think we just put a Band-Aid on and hope for the best. I agree. Try and outscore the other team. That's all I can tell. I just We got what we got. I, I don't know. What do you think, Schmidt? I think it'd be criminal to not at least try. I mean, it's one thing if you land up without a signing because you know something didn't work out. But to assume right now, knowing our current situation as it stands today, and not try and do anything about it before the window ends, I think is criminal. We have a lot of attacking talent, and we can try and rely on that. But the season is so long, and with Champions League import, uh, very, very important, and thereby, by definition, the Europa League becoming important as the season goes on, I, I think it'd be criminal. I, I think we will sign someone, but... I think it will be a band-aid replacement, as as Tez just put it. Um, but I do think we will get someone, whether it be a loan or someone who's a Gary Cahill, who's only not even probably got a year left in him, but a bit of experience. Some someone along those lines. Mm. Uh, uh, that, that's what I expect. In terms of what type of player, that, I mean, I had this argument in the WhatsApp group the other week. They have to be a ball-playing centre back. Someone was like. We were talking about Duncan Duffy, and I was saying uh, Duffy will probably never get a move to a bigger club because, and they were saying, oh, but I want to defend the first. But that's, I, I get, I get where that comes from. But the way teams play now, you just can't have that almost liability. And now with goal kicks, where the players can stand in the area, I mean that's going to give me heart attacks this season. But you have centre back standing literally on the edge of the six yard box receiving the ball. If you have one player that can't do that, the whole system, the whole team is messed up and you have to change everything. So it would, every, I think pretty much every centre-back at a top 16 because I have to be able to play football now. Um, from then, probably what I would like is, uh, I, I don't go too much on 1v1 defenders because I think if they are 1v1, you've already made mistakes. I'd prefer a, a system that works. Uh, for me, I, I, I would like a quick defender who can cover the other the other guys. So if a ball goes spins in behind, they can cover them. So I mean, decent physical presence, ball playing centre back with a bit of pace. But that's you're probably looking top tier talent for that kind of money, no, that kind of them kind of ability. Sorry, you'd need top tier money. Um, Heck on Larson, he says, is it possible we get Zaha as well? We've said no to that. 
Um, a player that can dribble and take on players will be a game changer for us, in my opinion. We'll free up so much space going forward. Maybe Urzel will thrive more too. Uh, agree with that statement, boys? Yeah. I mean, that's the reason I said that Pepe isn't the perfect tickle boxes player for us. Um, just because he drifts inside a lot and he doesn't drag people away from the action, he brings them into the action. Um, so, yeah, I completely agree. And I just wanted to put some perspective behind what I said earlier before I get all this, oh, you're always doom and gloom, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> At clock in underscore talk, hashtag Tony. Um, so, Bias, I'm sure, will continue to uh, contribute to this as well, he's saying. Hack on. Uh, random question from Hack on. C- random CB incoming on deadline day. Seems like the going trend. Uh, he also says Pepe was the one attacker player out OG Rich. Uh, out of OG Rich. Rich. He's a typo. Okay. Um, Jesus, fuck, I'm excited. <laughs> um, everyone said that he is too good for us. And signing him two years too late, we still have some pull. Very, very nice. I was reading the bloke who signed him uh, two years ago. Um, he he actually I was, re- I was reading an article. He scouted him. He he watched him and watched him, and went through and watched every single game that he played on video, and um, then then said to the the. Uh, team, this is the guy I want. Go and get him, and I think they got him for about ten million pound. And yeah. well, he was at um, Angers before. Who we play on Wednesday? Yeah, okay, that's why I was trying to remember what the club it was. Yeah, so we got all the videos from that them games, the games that he played there, and basically, yeah, it was an interesting article. Um, because I, yeah, I was just wanting to read about him. Um, MWA Gunner. Uh, when Sandy got injured the second time after coming back from injury, do you think Ox should have played in his position? We beat Southampton 5-0, and he was great, but never panned there again, Tony. you got better memory than us. Yeah, I was at that game. Um, the, the issue was always with Alex was consistency. And also, I mean, we moved not long after that to a back Alex's wing back and, and for me he was unbelievable I think it was the only position he ever played where we got that consistency and I, I literally I remember saying this at the time I believe he would have been one of the best in the world if he stayed at right wing back but he didn't want to play there and obviously he's always had these injury issues as well um, I always felt that he was too careless when he played in in, um, in midfield and he would lose the ball stupidly he, would, he could do amazing things but he, he would also do a lot of stupid things or careless things. So, um, I, in, I, I don't know. I don't think he was ever right for, for that position. Mm, okay. Uh, Sandeep says, uh, and you boys agreed, Willock, he was really good in the pre-season. Um, does he start at Newcastle, given the fact that Torreira and Guendouzi have joined pre-season late? Schwinn? Probably. He could, yeah. I mean, I could see that happening. I don't, I don't think it will happen, um, barring any injury. But um, I mean, if Emery really does go merit based, based on what he's seen this season, uh, this preseason, then yeah. Uh, Emery in latest 
press conference said Arsenal were after a midfielder and a winger and a centre-back. Does this mean we are not getting Tierney, but perhaps a centre-back, or was we re- he referring to Saliba? If we don't get Tierney, boys, or go to you, Tony, um, you know, obviously a winger, would you be happy if we didn't get Tierney and a centre-back instead? Um, it depends on the level of the centre-back. Um, to be honest, I'm expecting both. But I'm not expecting a high-level centre-back. Um, so that that left-back position for us has been has been not great for a, mile, a while. Monreal's legs are unfortunately going. Kolasinac can't defend and can't get up and down. He can get up very well, just down is not for him. So I think that left-back position is really important, especially when you're going to play out from the back. Like there was... Against Real Madrid, Socrates, it, sort of people went down the state. We're playing out from the back, and he ended up just hoofing it out for a throw-on. But it was because Kolasinac doesn't wasn't alert enough or doesn't have the fitness to. He didn't get back in and make himself an option. So when the ball's played out to the left side centre back, Kolasinac quite often doesn't make himself an option, and it gives the defender no options. And if we're going to build up like that, which we're going to, you need everyone wanting the ball and to be able to take the ball in tight spaces at all times. And and Kolasinac just isn't that. I think he adds a hell of a lot going forward. But as a, as a left back or even a wing back, I'm, I don't think he's he's not he's definitely not the perfect fit. Okay, Schwinn. Um, uh, Sandeep says he's very surprised by the transfer activity of Pepe. Uh, to what extent do you think it is because of the weak hit? Do you campaign? And uh, what's your take on that campaign? Um, look, I mean, no, no disrespect to anyone that's associated with that, or you know, that that's that someone that was a was a founding member of the idea in the campaign. I'm sure it was meant from a good, good intention, a good place. But... <coughs> Sorry, <laughs> but in my opinion, it has nothing to do with the We Care Do You campaign. Nothing at all. Were you, were you for that campaign? Look, uh, I, I, now I do remember. I heard you guys. I heard that episode that I missed out on. Did <laughs> you guys? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I can talk about that now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I sort of agree with you guys. Look, there's no, you know, concrete goal that is established. It's a lot of talk. It's a lot of waffle. It's buzzwords, engagement, um, you know, st- stuff like that, which are which all sound good, but as Tony said, what do you want? And I, I, I never landed on that question on my own, but it, it strikes a chord with you when you, you know, try to have a conversation with someone. And it, people get defensive when you speak to them about this. It's, it's, it becomes a us versus them instantly, and no one really wants to explore the idea further. That's why you know, I gave this huge disclaimer, because I don't want people blowing up uh, over this. But let's be honest, you know, this campaign sort of took off, what, two, three weeks ago? Do you really think, based on that, you know, the club is changing the way it thinks and suddenly, you know, spending X, Y, Z amount of money? That's not how this stuff works. And if that's what you believe, then, then by all means, continue to. But I do not subscribe to that school of thought at all. Okay. <laughs> you listen to us, Fede. I did. I did. I forgot. I, I wasn't being an <laughs> asshole. I just forgot that I did. <laughs> I forgot that. Busy man, this when He's a real busy man. 
<laughs> I hard life being unemployed. M double A Gunner, um, how much do you think your life will be ruined if all your WhatsApp chats were leaked? It's a fucking random question. Um, I mean, I'm pretty much an arsehole all the time, so I don't think there's that. anything that people wouldn't expect from me. <laughs> I was just about to say the same. I'm already a big enough cunt, so... Um, nah, wouldn't bother me at all, mate, to be honest. I think, I think Schwinn would have a few issues. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Schwinn, no comment. Schwinn would, be, <laughs> Schwinn would be more worried than us. I can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> I, I can confirm for him. <laughs> Well, so they are, he only knows me as Tez anyway. It's not even my real name, so it doesn't worry me anyway. He'll find out with the other chats he has, like literally all the other chats he has on you. Hi. He'll find out. He has all your chats. He'll find out what your name is. He'll find out your bank details. Who? If your chats are leaked on the internet, people can find out everything there is to know about you. Really? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure oh, someone's saw mentioned... wearing a tin hat. <laughs> <laughs> but but I it's but Tez isn't my name, Schwinn. Yeah, but I'm sure someone's mentioned you in 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 a conversation on 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 chat. Nah, I've only got the one chat with you lads. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have WhatsApp before before I come on this podcast. I'm pretty sure Tony's mentioned you in our chat by name. Tez. No, by, by your first name, by your actual yeah. name. I'm fucking <laughs> so confused. <laughs> I'll tell. <laughs> uh, too, too funny. Yeah, probably. Okay, I see what you're getting at now. You're being a cunt. Sure. <laughs> if that's uh, what it takes for you to move on. Yeah. Uh, MAA yeah, Gunner. So just uh, Fabrizio Romano, who everyone seems to love and believe. Um, has just said, Pepe to Arsenal, here we go, the deal is ready to be completed soon. That was 10 minutes ago. Okay. Uh, MAA Gunner, is it really a bad thing if we sell, don't sell any players? Your squad depth will be really good and we'll have bench options, Tony. Um, it's, it's just denying time for people that you'd rather see have it. So, if and El Nenny is there, stops, for example, I'm not saying the same player, but it's a close thing of stops Willip getting minutes, or or Jenko stops someone else getting minutes. And also, it's the wage bill. You're paying wages for players that aren't going to play, whether it be an El Nenny or Jenkinson or the youngsters. It's just, it's not ideal, and everyone wants to at least feel half important. Imagine being that player where you're not in the first team, and you go, oh, okay, I'm a Europa League player. That's all right, I kind of accept that status. And then Europa League comes, and you're not in that team either. And you're like, well, what the fuck am I doing? Like, why am I here? Especially as a young player. Yeah, it's That's hard, the, hard the for the player, isn't it? Like, imagine being Saka and having like five players ahead of you. You think, well, I'm never going to get a chance here. I'm going to leave. Mm. And then suddenly, this is the situation we have when you lose a Nabry and in three years, he's unbelievable. And you go, oh, well, we played Mkhitaryan ahead of him or someone else. Mm. No, it's, it's, if I was a young player, I'd just want to play. I wouldn't care who for. Work my way. Go send me online. I'd be happy to. Uh, MWA Gunner. Uh, who really cares who have Spurs let any players go? He's rattled. Who fucking cares really? Um. So I'm not. I'm not even going through it. Uh, what's going on with the Bamiyang Lacazette contracts, Tony? Do you know anything there? 
No. Um, as we all know, that Lacazette's agent was pictured in Highbury House a long, long time ago now. Uh, be unusual to to wait that long and not announce it. Um, people, are, I've seen people say, are oh, that he was seen in the room where they signed contracts. It's not like Highbury House is literally there to sign contracts and is empty 364 other days of the year. There is other uses for it. Um, so it may not have been contract related. I'd imagine he's signed an extension, but I don't know why the club would be holding it. If that's true, I spoke in the WhatsApp group yesterday and I said the only thing I can think of is uh, if all doesn't go well in the transfer window and people start moaning, then they've got that in their pocket to, to release. So if come next Friday, people are going, oh, but we didn't sign the centre-back and moan, 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 then Arsenal can go, oh, here's a Lacazette new contract to kind of try and pick the spirits up. That's the only thing I can imagine, but it'd be unusual if he did sign it. I think it was back in May, the speculation. So to hold it for like three, four months is, is a long time. Wingeon cancer fans. Um, MWA Gunner, what happened? He, we spoke about it before. Nacho's contract. He's, he's saying his contract expired last month, but he's still here at the club, and the club hasn't announced any extension. So, yeah, spoke about it. Yeah. Um, MWA Gunner says, I don't agree with the booing, booing, but Mustafi surely can't stay. His confidence is getting shattered. Yes, we did mention that. Maybe we should do the questions first. Now on. We should. We really should. Because <laughs> <laughs> we just repeat ourselves, don't we? <laughs> uh, MWA Gunner, do you think we ever had any real intention of buying Zaha? Go to you, Schwinn. I, I do think so. I think that would be... I think even if he could, Emery, could give Emery a choice today, I think he'd choose Zaha. Just because of the Premier League experience, a bit more physicality, and defenders are scared of him. You know, people... Defenders in the Premier League will look at Pepe and they'll try and subdue him as in his first season so that he never really gets a, a go on, on them. But people are scared of Zaha and 1v1, he, he tends to get the better in more cases than not. So I, I don't think that, that was a smoke screen. Um, Double A Gunner says also Everton uh, learning English. Yeah, look, I, I say in all this with him learning English and I thought, ah, oh, that's interesting. But he's Brazilian. I'd imagine he wants to move to the Premier League or wherever he goes in the future. English is probably a good trait to have. So I don't read too much into it. He's learning English. So MWA Gunner, should Klozenac be captain, Tony? Um, I actually saw a lot of people seriously saying this the other day. It's his football ability that lets him down. I mean, you you want a leader on the pitch and or someone who will go into battle first, someone that you can feel you can all fight behind. And he's definitely that. He's always the first at to any confrontation on the pitch. He's always obviously got their, the players' backs. But does he also lead by example? And is he going to start? And I think the two answers to them are, are no. By lead by example, I mean in terms of footballing ability. And I think that the answer to them two questions is no. And also, how can he tell people to run harder when or give him that extra 10 yards when let's be honest he doesn't do it himself so i think he's he's the type of person you'd want as captain and and, but he's gonna have them that if someone starts pushing and shoving he's gonna run over and smash someone out of the way just because he loves doing it he doesn't need an armband to do that he just loves getting involved and throwing people about so i don't think the armband (laughs) would add anything 
<laughs> you must be a hot-tempered bloke, eh? <laughs> I don't know, it's always funny but like when you're at games and there's a bit of pushing and shoving and he just comes and steamrolls everyone out of the way. It's always a lot. <laughs> um, MAA Gunnish, when uh, do you have a favourite video game that you've, ever, that you've ever played? My favourite video game? I mean, FIFA is, of course, a favourite, but it's not one video game. Mm. So it's, that's a... Mm, not my favourite. Um, I'd say, look, I'm, I'm a big Far Cry fan. Uh, Which more, one? Anyone in particular? I love 4 when it come out, then they bought 5 out, and I'm like, oh, this is better than 4, so I just, yeah. Mm. Um, Mortal Kombat, Alex the Kid, of course. Sonic. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a few good series out there. Uh, we have, Donkey, of course, Donkey had the Kong was good, Donkey Kong was good. I mean, yeah. I mean, all the retro games are great. Mario, Mario, Zelda. Uh, they're great if you had a 64 back in the day. Um, yeah, the original Zelda Kart. Ocarina of Time on 64 was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Mario Kart's of course a great uh, time with friends. Even today, uh, you know, it's not weird well, for a friend to come over and uh, ask for me to take out my 64 because I still have all my consoles. You still got one? Yeah, yeah, of course. Are you bringing it to England? I've got a 64. Still. It wouldn't even work there. The voltage is going to fuck it up um, just because India and the UK have different voltage maps. But uh, uh, James Bond, I mean, I don't know if, I don't oh, know if yeah, you guys... Oh, yeah, that was good. Goldeneye. Goldeneye is the best multiplayer game Goldeneye. ever. Goldeneye, yeah, that was that awesome. That was a classic game. Yeah. Uh, Tom and Jerry Housetrap. I don't know if you guys ever played that on the PlayStation 1. No, I never played that. That, that, was, that was a great multiplayer game. You know, basically the idea was this, the screen was divided, a split screen, but not, horiz- not vertically, horizontally. One was Tom, one was Jerry, and you had to just go around the same house, uh, lighting up traps, putting you know banana peels, activating, for example, uh, cupboards. So as the other person would walk across and get activated, and you had a health bar and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, some some really good games back in the day. Today games are of course more advanced. God of War, for example, the new one was incredible. But games in, the, in my childhood were incredible too. Yeah, I, I agree with most of what you just said and a lot of the games you just said. I just can't believe no one's mentioned the G- any of the GTA series. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Yeah. 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 Incredible games. Red Dead. Red Dead are Red good Dead games good, too. Yeah. Oh, COD. COD's good. Call of Duty is great. The new Spider-Man video game is very, very good. I've been playing that for the last two weeks. That's incredible. Lots of good fun. Mm. So when he says he's too busy to like come on a podcast or reply to our messages, he's actually playing Spider-Man. Of course. What else do you think I was thinking? I'm unemployed, remember? <laughs> what are you playing now, Sweet? Spider-Man. Uh, no, I'm I'm playing Red Dead 2. I haven't finished that yet. I'm still oh, on I'm it. I'm on that as well. I'm on that. It's as just well. so much. It's it so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's great. It just made me want to go and buy a 64. Uh, <laughs> look, if you can find one, yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, if you can find one, yeah. Yeah, I also have a projector, not a not a normal TV, which makes it difficult because <laughs> yeah. obviously everything's behind me. But with an N64, everything's wired, so yeah. I'd have to have a controller. Like it'd be like a noose. <laughs> I'd have to have a controller from behind me, like hanging around my neck. So yeah, I still have my Dreamcast. On the 64. Oh, it's I unbelievable! Still have my Dreamcast too, and my Atari. I still have yeah. all those sitting. I got an they Atari. All... I got an Atari. I got a Sega Mega System Two. I think it's called um, mm. Nintendo 64. Um, I mean, like 64 for me was the best console but it didn't lend itself to sports games like the controls right. and stuff just weren't brilliant but some of the games like 
even like I don't even know if it was a worldwide game. Banjo and Kazooie was brilliant. Oh yeah, that was a good game. Yeah, yeah. I like remember that. that one. Yeah, yeah, with a little bloody dude jumps on banjo. Bear and a chicken. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he jumps on his back and you run around. Yeah, Don't but like the original, I said earlier, the original Zelda on that was was unreal, and then now I think Zelda's more of like a childlike game with the graphics and stuff, but the original yeah. one wasn't. It's same as I said, Mario sixty four, Mario Kart sixty four, which I think was the first in the Mario Kart series that really kicked off. Mm. Golden Eye, so many. That Golden Eye was awesome. See, we could do a mm. gaming podcast, couldn't we? Easily. We could yeah. <laughs> <laughs> smash that shit out. Um, okay, let's continue. Uh, we talked about who was going to be sold. Oh, fuck, MAA Gunners showing them today. Top three. This is where this fucking thing come from in the WhatsApp for you <laughs> followers. Top three sitcoms of all time. Oh, wow. Sitcoms, huh? Not even TV shows. Yeah, sitcoms. sitcoms. I, I answered. I'll just get mine out of the way because I answered on the WhatsApp yesterday. So they're in mine. For me, Only Fools and Horses is number one. Um, I think it's just timeless. Uh, controversially, apparently, in between us was was in my top three. Um, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, there wasn't many episodes, but and another one which for, again for me is timeless. I still watch it now. Like if I'm flicking through, it's on. Is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Um, mm. That originally wasn't in my three, but then someone mentioned it, and I was like, yeah, I still watch that now. So I've kind of got to put it up there. What's yours, Tez? Um, I I I look I look. I don't know if it's a sitcom. Do you, is the Simpsons one? No, that was in the chat. I, I, I just caught up late on the chat. Look, I love um, Faulty Towers. That was really good. Um, what's that? Everybody Loves Raymond. That was another one I liked. Um, so mine a little bit older school than your boys. Um, I like, I didn't well, I'm not really... You, you guys know this, but listeners won't. I'm not really a TV person, so... A lot of my answers, people go, oh, that's nonsense. But these programs you're talking about, I've never heard of or seen. So, Well, I'm not a TV person now because well, probably for the last 15, 20 years, I'm not, I haven't really been a TV person um, because obviously just my job. So um, I just, <laughs> I'm never home to watch TV. But you know, Happy Days was good. Uh, do you remember, you boys ever remember that? The old yeah. funsy with Happy Days? Uh, I didn't mind that. That was pretty cool. Um, have I said three? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, that Brooklyn Nine Nine—that is the best now. Andy Samberg is great. Oh, yeah. that's that's the best show on TV at the moment. Oh, it's on Netflix. It's awesome. Do you watch that, Tony? No, no, you got to watch it. Brooklyn Nine Nine—it's awesome. Oh. <laughs> My young bloke got me into it. It's yeah, it's really good. Go on, Schwinn. Very difficult. Very, very difficult. I'm struggling. I have five, six laid down, but I mean, I, look, I got to say community. I'm not sure if it's a popular hit for, for people, but it has a massive Who? cult following. Who? Community. I haven't heard that one. So, well, I should probably say The Office first. Uh, oh, the, yeah. the Office, of course, got made popular by Ricky Gervais in the UK and then was brought to the US. And it's the show that replaced Friends as primetime television on NBC. So it had quite a big standard to meet, and it did. And then it was The Office was, after I think 10 seasons, replaced by Community, which I, I like even more than The Office. So those two for me are probably my top two, but Freaks and Geeks is something I grew up on. I don't know if it made it to you guys. Um, all, all the cast of Freaks and Geeks back in the day, you know, there's still popular actors today, James Franco, 
Uh, who's that guy from Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Jason Siegel, Ashton Kutcher, I think was in it. Um, so yeah, all that cast is is still going strong today. That that was a very very popular show that I grew up on. What was that one that Ashton Kutcher took over from? Um, Two and a half men. Yeah, that wasn't bad either. That was pretty. No, not with Ashton Kutcher. The the bloke before that. Um, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Sheen. Yeah, that, that was that was good then when he was on it. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Yeah, I think I think that show went downhill when once Jake grew up, and he continued being stupid despite being like a teenager. I don't. Uh, you boys haven't even. No one's mentioned Friends or bloody Seinfeld, and I, I wasn't a big fan of them. I didn't mind Seinfeld a little bit, but they, for me, would probably, without even looking at it, I'd imagine they'd be probably up top of the list, wouldn't they? They were big, big shows. Yeah, I mean, Seinfeld is the highest-grossing TV show of all time, it's, so for sure. Well, Friends is still making a fortune as well at the moment. Like, it's on fucking... It's, it's syndicated globally. Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, I mean, th- those shows are great, but... I think they're so overhyped that you just sort of glass, gloss past them at this point. And I, I wouldn't blame anyone for doing that, actually. Um, okay. Top three sitcoms. So he's got that out of the road. Oh, that's interesting. Arsenal podcast. We've talked about games and sitcoms. <laughs> um, when do you think you'll have your first ever female guest? <laughs> um, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I've. To be I have reached out one or two. There's probably better access to well, there's almost certainly better access to women footballers than there is men. But I think between us, we don't know a thing about women's football, which would be problematic. Yeah, you got to know what you're talking. Yeah. Um, and we don't just want a fan on just because they've got like no disrespect to the women, but you see a lot of like people on Twitter. That even whether they know anything or not about football, they get followers because people are attracted to them. Like, but then we might as well we could just have anyone on if we're just like mm. that's the same as a live caller section. Like that obviously we do it time to time, but as a guest it's difficult because we, we've had what ex players um, uh, like Kevin Campbell, Graham Stack, who have been guests, other podcasters we've had as guests. I guess, yeah, there's a few female podcasters, but we haven't had another podcast run for a while. So it'll be nearly a year, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been yeah. a while. Yeah. And so many people have reached out to us, uh, you know, and obviously every now and then we brought people on the show, whether it's as a panelist or as a live caller. And none of them have been have, have been women, so it's not as if we've screened women off of the show. If, if you're a woman listening and you're interested to come on, you know how to find us. You'll find us, and I'm sure Tess can organize something. We'd be happy to have oh, you yeah, on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. There was a lady I I should touch base with her. Um, oh, the big Arsenal fan. from The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. She was a director or executive something. Yeah, from The Walking Dead, and she said, "Yeah, let me know." And I organized the time, and she couldn't do it. And I thought I'll get back to her. So yeah. If any of her followers uh, are followed by Alex Scott somehow. Do us a favor and connect us. You know, maybe shoot her a DM. Let us let her know that we want to have her on, and we can always talk to her about not just Arsenal, but even Arsenal women, and you know, get to know about that a bit more. Okay. Were you going to say something, Tony? No. No. Okay. Um, who are we up to? Okay, so that's the women. Sugar Daddy. Fire <laughs> cracks me up every time I say his name. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
One last question. Oh, it's fucking got oops. So I'll go up the top then. Uh, how smug are you guys feeling about this season? In my opinion, this is one of the best transfer windows I can recall. A lot of gaps filled. Is there a chance Welbeck comes back for a year? I say he's having a. T- I see he's having a tough time getting a hundred k a week. Glad Schwinn could make it for the pod. Uh, go on, Schwinn. Wait, what's the question again? <laughs> um, Welbeck coming back. I have seen it too. Articles saying oh. that nobody's going to, nobody's picking him up, and he is struggling. Uh, he's saying it's the best window. Uh, what about Welbeck coming back? I, I do agree. It's one of the better windows. I don't know about best. We did sign Mesodozo a few years ago. I think that remains the best window, at least in terms of motion. But Ozil um, and Flamini, though. What's that? It was only Ozil and Flamini. Yeah, but I mean the the pure hysteria of of that happening. I don't think anything has overcome that yet. Um, but I'm sure by the end of this this window, uh, objectively looking at it, you could probably say this has been one of the best windows, if not the best. In terms of Welbeck coming back, I really don't know what's going on. I've not been you know in in the know or been kept up uh, with what's happening on Twitter. So you guys are probably a better place to to report on that. But I'd imagine for him to come back is not an option. I doubt it. Nah, I, I don't think it will. I don't it's, it's want not, to it's not, yeah, it's not an option. And the reports are that he's struggling to find the club because <laughs> he won't budge on his 100 grand a week and 5 million signing on fee uh, demands. Is that really that ludicrous? I mean, maybe hundred thousand is a bit ludicrous, but is five million signing on pretty ludicrous as well? I don't think either are too. I don't think they're too high demands either of them. But I think because of the position he's in, clubs will maybe see if they can get their first choice business done first, mm. and then because you can sign him after the windows closed as well, because he's a free agent. So I think either late next week, just just before the window closes, when teams realise they're not going to get whoever they're targeting. Or maybe just after when, obviously, they've seen their squad and realised they're a bit short. I think they probably will bow down to, to his demands. The same happened with Bernard last year. Um, Everton signed him after the transfer window closed because they saw they were short in that position. And he probably got more than he would have done had the transfer window been open and there would have been more options. So I think Danny might be in that kind of bracket. Yes. I still I still think he'll end up at Palace. I was going to say, do you think you'll stay in the Premier League? Uh I don't think anyone abroad will pay him that, so yeah. Okay. Uh, Sugar Daddy says, do you think we'll play more of a back four now um, that we apparently have a winger? Uh, are we comfortable with the current crop of centre-backs? Absolutely not. Uh, yeah, back four, boys, I think. You said a back five, didn't you, Schwinn? Well, I said that if that's, if those are the options available to us, i.e. if Tierney is not coming in and if we don't have another centre-back at the end of this window, then, yeah, I'd, I'd see us starting a back five over a back four. I think a four. Okay. Uh, one last question. Do you, foresee a, do you foresee a regression in the Spud team quality in the next five years because of the stadium debt? I'll go to you, Tony. From from right now, you'd expect so, but you never know what's going to happen with TV money and transfer fees. I think that's one of the things that changed most with us is that we were building a stadium to have huge income from every game and have so much more than everyone else. And then the TV money came in and everyone was rich suddenly. So we spent a lot of money to try and be rich. Then everyone else just got it overnight. 
um, as of now, I would say it looks like Tottenham are going to have problems, but you never know. Who's to say that the market won't go mad and we'll have a billion pound player soon and then they're selling Harry Kane for 600 million instead of 200 million and and that helps pay off the stadium debt or the TV deal if China suddenly thinks, you know what, fuck the Chinese Super League. All we care about is the Premier League and we're going to pay each club I don't know, 200 million to show their games every year. We we don't we never know what the future holds, which is probably one of the hardest things in in all business, but also in the business of football. But as of right now, I, I would probably predict they'll struggle, especially as it looks like Alderweireld's in his last year. I think Vertonghen's in his last year. Eriksson's in his last year. His contract, so they're they're going to lose potentially unless they sign extensions, free players for for nothing, and they're going to have to replace them players. So it's more expenditure that they don't really need, um, or they don't really want to be spending. So from right here, it doesn't look like they're in a good position, but you just never know with this crazy game. Mm. Um, well, I've got a couple of questions for you boys, and we've been meaning to talk about it <laughs> the last couple of podcasts, but I kept forgetting. Um, obviously, the window shuts next week. We'll probably come back uh, after the window because we'll do our predictions. So uh, we'll, we're doing the window closed Thursday. We're doing Friday, so yeah, we can yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. We'll do our predictions Friday. Uh, the boys, Craig and Dave and the boys, they'll do something on the blog as well and I'll get them to include ours this year so we can actually look back at them on the blog as well. Um, yeah, because yeah, last year we only had Schwinn's, Schwinn's notes, which he probably ordered to make mine wrong. So I'm <laughs> sure I got more. He left uh, Alexis Sanchez golden boot in there though. So. Are you going to throw that in this year again, Schwinn? Where's he gone? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'll give the fans what they want. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, who's so far, and I'll go to you first, Schwinn, not on who do you think's had the best window so far, but not on players more so coming in, more so in the negotiations, and uh, who do you think's got the best deals, I suppose? Hmm. That, that's a difficult one. I mean, for, in terms of out-and-out, Best window, I'd go Atletico. Um, but in terms of business, I'm, I'm trying to think of a particular deal that's really surprised me. Atletico have sold 400 million worth of players. That's like ridiculous. Like clubs in Spain aren't worth that much, like as businesses compared to. Well, England, I was going mean, yeah. oh, you, You've said out and out, mate. You'd might as well say business as well because I think they're they're probably top of the crop. Juventus mm. has done well on a couple of free transfers. Yeah. Getting Rabio, I think, was a, bi- was a big win for them. I'm sure lots of suitors were lining up for him. Probably Rabio, Ramsey, and Delia. That's a great window. That's a good yeah. window. That's a good window. Yeah. PSG, they've been quiet. They've been quiet, I mean, yes. I was thinking more Premier League when you asked the question. and oh, No, no one's no, really man. done it. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. No one, I mean... Villa have signed a shed load of players, but apart from that, no one's signed any. No one's really signed any names. I think City obviously added Rodri. Yeah. Has there been any apart from that? Has there been a fifth? Oh, Wan Bissaka. Wan Bissaka. Two, two, two sales over fifty million so far. Is there more? Or am I forget. Azard left. Huh? Azard left. Yeah, and Dombele. Sorry, it was another. Dombele. I just feel one. like no one's Liverpool have not done anything major. Chelsea can't. We haven't as of right now. United have signed a right back that I rate him, but he's not going to make well, a world of 
Villa's signed well, I, 150, according to this, and I shared it with you boys earlier, so Villa's signed $157 million worth of players, but who? It's over who? 30 players, I think. Have they? Yeah, okay. So there's no biggies in there, is there? Mings, Mings was the biggest, and then I think the second business was Wesley from some club in Belgium. Who's the big ones, Leicester? 96 million they've spent. Ayose Perez and Tielemans. Oh, Tielemans, that's right, yeah. That was a good deal, that was a good deal, though. Yeah, yeah they, look, they've improved. James Justin, I've banged on about him loads of times. I think it's a good signing. I think Leicester have done well. Uh, no outs yet, but obviously we're expecting Maguire to go before the window shuts. Uh, it be interesting to see, because when the Man United were first linked with Maguire, they were linked straight away with Dunk. And I think if they do that, they'll have done really well. As in, they're not just losing a player, so they're losing Maguire, but then they've replaced him and they've gone on to strengthen in other areas. I think that'll be... They'll have done really good business. Um, everyone's talking up Everton, but they haven't really done too much yet. I mean, they keep being linked with high bids for Zaha and, and Moise Keane, who it looks like they're probably going to sign. But they haven't actually... I mean, they signed Gomez, who was there anyway, and they signed Del for $8 million. I don't think they signed anyone else. Wolves well, signed someone, right? Uh, from Milan. Uh, Cutrone, I think. Yeah, I think it, they're basically saying it's almost complete. Well, I'm surprised um, they haven't been pulled apart, to be honest. How they've kept that squad pretty much together surprised me. I thought you'd see a only, few outings. I think there's only one or two players that people would, would genuinely look at. I mean, Ruben Neves is the obvious one, but I'm I still not sure if he fits in at a top team because of the way he plays. I've said that all along. He's a very good player, but I don't know how he fits. Uh, Yota, for me, is their best player. But he was not very good the first half of the season and very good at the second half of the season. He's still only young, so I don't know if teams are thinking sort of give it another year and see if it was a fluke or he just had a good spell. Um, but when you look at them, like say Connor Cody had a brilliant season, but could you see him at a... I mean, Liverpool let him go. Could you see him at a Man United, a Man City and Arsenal? And the answer's not really. Mm. I think they're in, they're in quite a blessed position that there's not they, they work as a unit. There's not too many individual players where you think, oh, I'd, I'd love him at, at my club. Mm-hmm. Liverpool's done nothing. No. No. Um, City, I think they've that... done something. I'm just looking. Rodri and Angelino, but Angelino they sold last year anyway. They're, the Premier League's been quiet. The spend is really yeah. low. Like, considering we're within a week nearly, what are we, 10 days, not even. Mm-hmm. And the spend is low for the Premier League. West Ham have done some business. Yeah, I've not seen enough of Haller to say if he's amazing. I spoke to to someone who watches a lot of French football and they've said there was nothing to write home about, but then in Germany they really rate him and they, they say I yeah, was okay. one of the best this summer. Uh, who else? Sound someone else. Oh, South, South oh, um, I think he was a good sign-in. Who? Uh, Fornals was a good sign-in for West Ham. Mm. Yeah, OK. Um, Southampton, I read, they've done about five players in, so which surprised me. They've spent a bit of money too. I don't know who they've signed. I don't know who they've signed, though. I've, I couldn't, yeah. But they have done four, uh, four. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, uh, prob- it's Atletico Madrid, Juventus are probably the best two. I'm. What do you think of, of Barcelona? The issue, the issue with Atletico Madrid is have they got better? Because we say Don't they've know. done good business. Look, they've, they've sold 400 million worth and they've replaced them players for less money. Mm. But are they a better side? That's what I look at when I'm saying have teams done well. Yao Felix maybe in five years, but is he as good as Griezmann now? For me, no. 
Trippier, is he any better than what they had? Probably not. They're never going to get anyone as good at left-back as Hernandez. They're probably not going to sign anyone as good as Rodri. So for me, business-wise, they've done well. But as I said, I don't think they've taken steps forward. I think for me, when it comes to Atletico, it's, it's not if they've gone forward. It's more about how much they've been able to avoid going back despite losing you know, Rodri and Griezmann, two of you know, their focal points in, in building up play. Yeah, but if and, they were, say, 10 points off the top this season and they're 20 points off the top at like the end of this season, do you, can you count that as a success? As you said, they've, I, I agree with you. They've lost good players and they've not gone too far backwards. But backwards is still backwards. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that. But I think th- maybe their aim isn't to you know, go and necessarily spend out the most amount of money. They'll try and do as much as they can with the resources afforded to them. And I think in that regard, I know they've spent a lot of money on, on, on Felix, but... I think looking at all the talent they've bought, it's very consistent. And you can see you can see an approach there. You can see the Simeone mind at work there. And I think that's just smart business. Go out, get your, uh, you know, despite losing your biggest players, get your targets. And, you know, despite playing Madrid in a, in a friendly, go out and do your job there. I think it, they're on the right track. And Simeone and the business behind everything has been pretty tidy, I'd say. Yeah, I'm not saying they've had a bad window. But for me, I'd, I wouldn't put them in the same league as what Juventus have done. Yeah, I think that, that that's fair. I think this is more damage control. That's more proactivity. So I, I can give Juventus credit for that. Just just thinking through an individual deal, it just dawned on me that didn't Betis just buy Fakir for like thirty million or something? Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that today. Seven nine, seven nine mil, wasn't it? Yeah, twenty euro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's a pretty good deal. I mean, in terms of an, an yeah, but isolated deal. Montagna saying, oh, mate, his knees must be gone because Liverpool was at fifty mil last summer and. Like his valuation yeah. has dropped some, just yeah. I, I, feel I think it's a, I think it's also because I I think I read this somewhere, maybe heard it somewhere that Lyon are in a financial pickle. It may maybe completely yeah. wrong, yeah. but I think they were forced into the sale uh, for some reason. Do do double check that. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, look, no one no one else. There wasn't a big queue for him, and as I said, it was fifty million last year, and it was twenty million this year. And and that, no disrespect to Betis, they're not a tier one team. Even though you can say they're second tier team, they're not a Europa League side. So for me, as I said this when we were linked with him earlier in the window, I can only assume his knee is absolutely fucked. Mm. No, that's very good. I, I've got a couple more questions, boys, that Maddie has sent me on the WhatsApp, and I've just realised. Um, but just before that, MAA Gunner's got one more, and he's talking about in the nose on Twitter and whatnot. Um, and he's not talking about David Ornstein. But I've seen so many in the nose pop up this summer. It's been ridiculous. Um, he, he's wondering who who's the best one to follow, I suppose. The, the best I've seen is... Um, I'm not sure if this is exactly his like app, but AFC Media 14. Uh, I think that's it. He's been... I mean, he was talking about Saliba and I'd never heard of Saliba. He, he's banged on the Pepe drum all summer saying he was our first choice, but he's not been saying it was done. He said he was our first choice, but the club aren't sure if it's possible, which is why we was going along the Zaha lines. Uh, he's not, it's not like one of them. He's trying to be first to the party. He spoke about Tierney, but he's not tried to be like, oh, it was all me. I knew about it, blah, blah, blah. Um, he's probably the most, been the most correct that I've seen this summer. Yep, okay. 
Uh, you follow any twin? Nope, just you guys. Yeah, I don't, I don't really follow many either. I just, um, I actually read a lot on that. And I, I keep going to say, I, I'm going to, I think I've said it on here, I'm going to do an interview with him, um, gunners.com. And they've got an app out now. So I got the little app and it just searches all over the world for Arsenal news and brings it to your phone. It's pretty cool, actually. So I, I've found I was reading a fair bit of that lately. Um, a lot of the stories are, though, you've got to be careful because there's papers and that there that I've never ever heard of in my life. Like, I don't know who they are. That's the only problem. Um, but, yeah, I've noticed I've been hitting that app a fair bit. Um, oh, yeah, a little mate, too. <laughs> and I'll, I'll mention it because, uh, obviously, the um, he did write one or two things on the blog. He, he seems to be packed up shop and gone, gone home, so... Uh, I've seen he come unstuck last during the weekend. I noticed that. So. <laughs> he's um, off a little hole. Yeah, yeah, he's he's fell off the face of the earth by the looks of it. So I looked today and the the account's been deactivated. So he has gone by the looks of it. And I'm talking about the mole. Um, on you know people have been DMing us asking us. I'm like, yeah, the fuck would I know? Um, but anyway, uh, where am I? So, Matty, he is asking something. Um, Sabalas coming means an involvement is less uh, Gwenduzi, Granite, or Urzel. So, somebody's he, he's thinking, I think Gwenduzi might struggle to first uh, team, to be honest, but oh, I don't know. He was pretty good, wasn't he? I think Rotation. it's going to be horses. I think it's going to be, yeah, well. I, I think it's going to be horses for courses. I think that at times against weaker teams at home, we'll probably see three, like, so say, for example, Xhaka, Torreira and, and Ceballos. And then if we've got a team that you maybe need a bit more stability, I mean, sorry, if you've got a team that's going to be a bit more open, a bit more easy, you'll see Ozil and he won't be exactly in the free. He'll be a bit of a head, uh, a bit further ahead. I think we'll mix it up depending on who we're playing and, and the, the shape will slightly change from being a flat three to one behind the two or two behind the one. Okay, I've just realised we're going to two hours, so I'm really having to pump these through. Um, in your view, which are the top three are the which are top three weirdest transfers? He's saying I feel Giroud to Chelsea was very odd as Conte never wanted it. Any weird ones out there, Schwinn, that you can think of? Yeah, uh, Morata to Chelsea that and Lukaku odd. to United when both of them were supposed to go to you know each other's clubs. There, there was yeah, both of them were just like retaliation signings. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Very weird. But both clubs were choosing both players, knowing that they wanted one, and they eventually settled for the one they didn't want. Yeah. And it's just a fuck up. I thought, I thought, look, I, I thought, I'll shout out Sanchez to Manu, I thought was a weird one. Because he was almost at City at the time, and something happened, mm-hmm. didn't it? And then Manu come in late with a big offer, and I just, I felt, when I say weird, I just felt that Sanchez was doing it for the money at that point, when Man United come in with a big, big offer at the end. I just thought, yeah. You're doing it for the money. It's, it's, I suppose not weird, but just... Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, 
You know what? What was another weird one that I I thought back in the day was when Oscar went to Brazil. I was always a fan of the kid uh, back oh, in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. And when he decided to pack his bags and move to China, yeah, and fun. then of course we saw you know a whole host of young players move out there, mm, and all for the money. That, all for the money, yeah. And it just seemed I like think throughout time, uh, this is always an argument I have with Brazilian players, is that a lot of them have grown up so poor, poorer than I could ever imagine, that their their whole career is about money. And it's why they tend to retire early or drop off. Like, I mean, Ronaldinho was still playing until he was old, but he dropped, his level dropped at like 28. Mm. And I, I think Oscar may, I don't know if he grew up poor or whatnot, but it may be the same thing that he, he was making money at Chelsea. He got offered crazy money and, and that was his financial future secured and that's all he cared about it. I mean, it's, you don't get Brazilians in general. I know we've got some now in Dani Alves, but in general, their their career finishes very early, and I think it usually is because they've established riches that they never could have dreamed of, and and that's it. It was a it's an end to a means. Yeah, no, I agree. Would you say um, Torres to Sydney? Uh fucking Sydney. I'm fucked. It's fucking to Chelsea. He sat on the bench and rotted for fucking how long? I mean, he started off terribly. I don't. I don't think I've. At the time, I don't think anyone questioned the signing. He was flying for Liverpool. I think he'd just scored against Chelsea a few days before. But no one could, would have questioned that at the time. It's easy to question loads of transfers with hindsight course, when yeah. Yeah. someone's come and they've not been good enough and they've ended up sitting on the bench and stuff. And you go, oh, why'd you sign him? Mm-hmm. But at the time, I, there was no, like, well, what are Chelsea doing? It was just, yeah, mm-hmm. fair enough. you got the money, go and spend it. Yeah, yeah. Um... Mane, Salah and Firmino might not be match fit due to their long season of internationals, he says. Don't know. We'll soon find out. Um, Do you think Liverpool will find it a bit difficult this season because of... because of tight schedules due to FIFA, World Club, UEFA, Super Cup commitment and with the Firmino and the Mane stuff? They won't get 97 points again. Calling it now, mate. I mean, that's not really a brave prediction, is it? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to be like, oh, look at me. I'm in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's fucking 2 a.m. in the morning here, and I'm completely fucked. So I'm done. Let's go. Um, <laughs> fucking hell, righto. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Thank you for tuning in, for subscribing, uh, you know, doing everything, interaction, whatever. Um, we'll be back next Friday after the transfer window shuts. And uh, happy days. Thanks, boys. Thank you very much. Adios. Good night. <sighs>